Welcome to Inkwell, a podcast from Houston, Texas, for anyone engaged in the world of reading and writing. Inkwell is brought to you by Tintero Projects, which showcases the work of national and international Latinx and Latin American writers through readings and workshops, and Inprint, a literary arts nonprofit which, since 1983, conducts readings, workshops, and other programs to promote creative writing and reading and supports writers. Inkwell hosts Jasmine and Lupe Mendez, writers, educators, activists, and founders of Tintero Projects, will interview emerging and established writers from across the United States with energy, wit, and fresh perspective on what it means to ink well in this day and age. And welcome back. You're listening to Inkwell. Uh, I'm your host, one of your hosts, uh, I was going to say Jasmine Mendez, uh, Lupa Mendez. And I'm your co-host, Jasmine Mendez. And we're here on an exceptionally beautiful day. It is a very beautiful day for Houston. Uh, here in the city of Houston. Uh, for those of you that are visiting from out of town. This doesn't happen often. So enjoy this. This is the <laughs> one day of spring. And then in about a week, it's going to be summer already. Humid summer. Humid. <laughs> Humid. Um, so yeah, we're back. Uh, this is, I don't know. Josh, I don't know what episode number this is. We're this is seven. seven. So we're 70% of the way through our season. Man, where I does time can, fly? Can do math. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's 10 episodes and this uh, is seven. And this, yeah, so uh, this episode we will be uh, having a, a lovely conversation and shit. With? And shit. What? I'm sorry. I was getting there. Sorry. sorry. Wow. Uh, getting to talk with our amazing fam family. Canto Mundo. Canto Mundista, like doing all the things amazingly. Sheila Maldonado, who's in from uh, all the way from New York. And uh, we get the opportunity to talk with her. She's visiting and we're going to make her eat barbecue and chicken fried steak. And Are we? No, I think you're supposed. Somebody wants to take her to eat pizza, and I'm like, "Why Tomorrow, are you gonna make her oh. eat pizza?" You know what? Because the um, cause Friday, I got going. Oh, Friday. she has to like eat. It's oh. not. It's not like I'm not religious, but I'm a little scared about. <laughs> <laughs> you're not messing and with it. Yeah. Uh, Sheila, say hi. Say hi. Hello. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so to kind of kick off our conversation, because we usually do the little Just intro thing about chat a little bit things that we argue about and have good life about. Um, one of the questions that we're looking at in terms of like. Um, to open it up is like, how do we deal with like life crises? Life crises, <laughs> and how do we garner support, or how do we figure out survival? How do we survive? Like when major things occur, mm. and so like uh, you know, who do we lean on, right? And I, I lean, lean on each other. I lean on my lean wife. On me, yeah. And that's it's not that it's not that good because <laughs> I don't offer very <laughs> good support. <laughs> Unfortunately, because it's like, oh, I've already told him, like, I'm the only one that's allowed to be sick in this family because I just cannot. You know, (laughs) this is the sad predicament. Like, if I was sick and he was sick, like, it's just a mess. Like, so so. there's the funny part. So, like, I know that if the roles were reversed and I had lupus and scleroderma. But if I was healthy, I'd be good. Like, I just can't also be sick and you be sick. I didn't get to finish my statement. So (laughs) if we were, if the roles were reversed and Jasmine was healthy and I was the person inflicted with, afflicted with, with scleroderma and with lupus, she she would not know what to do with with me. And so I've come to terms with that concept. And I think I'm trying not to like feed into gender stereotypes, but. Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> I'll just keep it specific to you, not all males, because I don't know all males. But when you are not feeling well, oh, here we go. You kind of aren't the best person to be around, and you don't know how to handle being sick. So you you don't want to take medicine, and you turn That's, into someone who is younger than your age. Okay, so let's also. <laughs> This is was not what the this question was at the, the beginning, but what the hell? So, but no, 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 your point was that if y'all are not good for each other, <laughs> and you're making your point. Well, and see, continue your like, point. That's like, great. I think at the like at the point at which like so when I do get sick and I need to rely on someone, I so I rarely get sick. So when I do get sick, it's like I hate everything and everyone just because like yes. I don't like not being functional functional and at at my best and so like mm-hmm. i think if i had to rely on people 
I, I think I have like a really short list of like four friends that I call and be like, the crises I run into is more like they repossess my car. Okay. Like my Things mortgage. More than health. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's, it's yeah. never like the, the, it's like made like the, the house blew away in the last Herc, right. like major, major right. stuff. Drama. It's, and it's yeah. this, like the, the more drama filled things that like they would be able to like, you know, give me a perspective or like, hey, we're going to do X, Y, Z. And like for me, that's the kind of tribe that I need to help me figure stuff out. Just now life experience too. I've I've handled a lot of pretty heavy stuff mm-hmm. independently and, and then with like a few things with family. So like. But and you're also an only child. So that's, that's another reason true. why you right. go straight to your friends. Whereas right. for me, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily depend on my siblings for things. Um, but I, do, no I do. But no one goes to mamas? I mean, yeah, I go yeah, to my mama. Like, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Like, she's the one that I definitely would go to. See, I don't. So you I'm don't like, go to your parents I don't, at all. Like, And that might also be like a male-female thing. I don't know. Well, I, don't I also know. don't. Maybe, my parents are much older. And so, like, for me, like. They are older. He's like a caretaker. To, like, uh, if I'm at the point now. Like, you don't want to worry them. I don't want to worry them. Like, like anything doesn't. little worries my, my folks. And they're yeah. like, well, you want us to come up? We can come up. I was like, y'all can barely walk. Like, I'm not yeah. having you go anywhere. Just stay at the house. Whereas mine still feel like they're in their like 30s and 40s and when I do things and I'm like, nah, y'all, y'all mid 60s. It's okay. You can sit down. But my mom is very much like, even if I don't ask her if she thinks I'm like not feeling well or something's going on, she's like ready to make me like a con habichuela and like fix it and write me a check and whatever. And I'm just like, ah. Um, So there have been times where I don't tell them just because their help can be overwhelming versus helpful. Sure, sure. You know, but. And then then I have like a friend, like two friends. That I yes, like, call on for like same. the emotional girlfriend sister support, you know, that I need. And when I don't want you to fix it, I just need someone to listen. Yeah. Now, <laughs> because we do, the odd part is like we do love helping other folks. Mm-hmm. So we constantly, like, I, there's a ton of favors that I need to call in that at mm-hmm. some point I know. I'm just collecting all of those. And they'll be like, <laughs> now is the time where everybody that I need you to do something, favors. this is now that moment. Please all do this. And so, yeah. like, Y'all are like yeah. that now, but when you old, that's it. It's you two, and that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Right. you'll be fine. Then, then that's that's yeah. the then deal. you just deal. Now the one thing I we have been very clear about also is that if there is ever a zombie apocalypse, well, I know where I stand on a zombie apocalypse. So here's the deal: if there is ever a zombie apocalypse, and anybody else that's going to be out there judging me, calm down. So you will leave me behind. Let's rephrase this. It, look, it, it Jasmine, happens. Jasmine is the I mean, we all, see, we all watch The Walking Dead. Dead. Yes, that's, it goes straight for the families. It destroys families. It's in this documentary. So the deal We've is this, this though. If, if the outbreak occurs, if the, the, you know, the Walking Dead exists and things. Interesting you're talking about this on Easter weekend. Just, oh, just zombie saying. Jesus. So the the concept for me is like a zombie apocalypse happens, and this all stems from the fact that we watched 28 weeks later, where there's a scene at the beginning of the film that like freaks Jasmine out, where like the guy is running through an open field of grass, and there's like a ton oh of God. the, the everybody who's so raging anxious. is like running down this hill, and. Jazz was like, at that point, just put me out of my misery. I'm not yeah, going to go like anywhere. Yeah, the people that run from like a tsunami, like clearly you're not escaping this like water. You're clearly not escaping the zombies. So why am I going to fight it? I and, don't have the energy. And so, <laughs> I mean, there was that in like the end of season one or something or two of Walking Dead. There's, it was there. You were there. I'm just and they, oh, they yeah. had that. She was like, just, uh, done. I'm yep, done. Okay. <laughs> and then was out. And I yeah. think it's, and I was like, okay, fair. He, he would leave me. I love you, uh, but I'm not choosing what you're choosing. And so I'm. And maybe you change your mind. Later. I know. Yeah. yeah I know. But you're like, really not mind. there with the zombies <laughs> behind you. You don't know what you would do, really. And, and yeah. I'm very much more the que se chingue. I'm going to fight and <laughs> right. machete in hand and, right. you know, like a blanket and a pillow. Y vamos. So. And I would just have expected you to like throw me over your shoulder and like, let's go. <laughs> and there was no like hero moment ever. I would, but like, I don't need you. I'm also not the kind of person that's like, like we just watched The Strangers 2 and mm-hmm. I was the angry mm-hmm. at the, like, the, oh no, Wait, they're what's gonna. The Strangers 2? The, so, Stranger so, movie. The oh, stra- no. so the movie, The Strangers, the strangers. Is like. That what it's that's strangers, yeah. Okay. So the first film, like they, you know, it's like they knock on the door and they're like, "It's, it's three people in mascaras." We don't want to give them yeah. like spoilers. It's newish horror. It's newish horror. Just came out. And but it's like just literally, like- it's like people in a in a mobile home park area, 
and like there's a series of of killers who are out there and the victims are very you know it's the kind of victim that you're like don't go and look behind that yeah, door yeah, you heard yeah, the noise yeah, why are yeah, you going yeah. back to mm-hmm. like prepare yourself do a thing and don't get caught off guard and like every two seconds aquí están estos carajitos like oh no Right. They're attacked. Like, right. no, kick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so run, I just have, run. yeah, like, I'm like, come with it. Like, be prepared. Let's go. How and come no one has them that, like, people color movie, like the horror movie, like because the, the short be, film? The, which is, short you know, film. like, it's a short film. It would be a short <laughs> but film. But why not the short film? And, that's, and that's I, think that's, I think it's a necessity. Run. It's just called run. Run. It's like, get out. Like, that's what, you know, and then so, like, I think. What was the original question? Who do you lean on for support? <laughs> Somehow we're talking <laughs> about zombie apocalypse and horror films. Um, so we're going to come back and have a great conversation with Sheila uh, about how does she create the things that she creates and tribe and writing community. community. Despite zombie apocalypse. And despite, despite zombie apocalypse. Yeah, which is kind of what's, you know. What's happening now. what's happening and, and so uh, we'll be back. Uh, we're glad you you joined us for the seventh episode. Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to the other ones, uh, maybe you should uh, tell your friends all about our podcast. Um, and for all our other persons who are podcasting in the world, uh, keep it up. Uh, and for all the other writers and readers, uh, we love yous, yo. Like, and we'll be right back after a short break. And we're back. We're back. Um, my name is Dupa Mendes, and this is Jasmine Mendes. Hello again. And we're hosting Inkwell. And uh, our special guest our is special Sheila guest Maldonado. Is Sheila Maldonado from and NYC. So I'm going to read uh, Sheila just amazingly. I love having you in town across from me. It's awesome. It's a good time. It's so good it's to see you. Your smile's so bright. You know, it's it so is. It's, it's, uh, it's been like. Yeah, excellent. I, I don't can't even begin to, to tell you how great it is. So we'll start off with um, Sheila's bio. Give all her intros, and then uh, she'll read a little, poem, a, little a little, a little, or a long poem, whatever you want to do. Okay. Um, and then we'll go from there. Um, Sheila Maldonado is the author of One Bedroom Solo, Fly by Night Press, A Gathering of Tribes, twenty eleven. Uh, her debut poetry collection, her second publication that's what you get is forthcoming from brooklyn arts press she grew up in coney island new york across the street from the atlantic ocean her family hails from honduras her poems have appeared in gulf coast ping pong i cannot pronounce ratapalix ratapalix uh and callaloo and online at luna luna hyperallergenic and asterisk journal uh, they have been anthologized in Brooklyn Poets Anthology, The Wandering Song, Central American Writing in the United States, and Mino Habla, Mino Habla with Acento, Contemporary Latino Poetry. Uh, she is a Canto Mundo Fellow and a Creative Capital Awardee as part of Desveladas, a visual writing collective. She has served as an artist in residence on Governor's Island, New York, for the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council and a cultural envoy to Honduras for the United States State Department. Uh, she teaches creative writing for the City University of New York and as a teaching artist has led residencies for Teachers and Writers Collaborative and National Book Foundation. She holds degrees in English from Brown University and Poetry from the City College of New York. She lives in a one-bedroom in uptown Manhattan where she is working on an ongoing project about a lifelong obsession with the ancient Maya. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheila Maldonado. <laughs> Oh, you picked the long bio. That's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> we want, like, I like, that's, yo, you've yeah, done you a lot. You want to uplift all of it's your great lot. accomplishments. I don't, if, you, if you black it all out, it's, all, <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> it's a ton. That's amazing. I just forget and keep going. Okay. So, so what do you have for us poems, today? Yeah, yeah, whatever you want. I'll read Epic Laundry. Awesome. Oh, I love it. Which would have been the title of the other, which was like the other title of the book besides That's What You Get, but I went with that. That's What You Get. Anyway, Epic Laundry. A former nonprofit staffer turned real estate agent tells me laundry is too political. He sends it out now. He can afford to. I am still in the laundry struggle. The managing of the cloth, the managing of the time it takes to manage the cloth, the hard labor of the destitute, heavy lifting and carting into a top floor elevator out the door to the street, home washer dryers, the stuff of TV fantasy. 
At the laundromat, I'm confused for the worker women in my uniform of invisibility, braless in an old dark t-shirt and high water sweats. Hair pulled back, strays flying loose. My robust skin of servitude. The washerwoman by a river, scraping rags on a board, changing your dollar for quarters. I don't have any on me. I don't know what's wrong with the machine. Don't ask me what I charge by the pound. I have my own epic laundry-like debt. Weeks of neglect, panty shortages and crises, all the holy t-shirts that must be preserved. I am here for my zen penance, my workout in the back, sweating deep in the dryer heat, headphones on, dancing as I manipulate my rags. One owner, admiring my zeal, showed me her tricks, pulled me and my bed fitted bed sheet out onto the tiled floor, drawing me into her secret fold. I have since betrayed her with a facility closer to my home, my burden too great to wheel three extra blocks, forsaking communion for convenience. I wash and fold with true toilers, non-owners, fabric slaves, loveless and rightfully so. We share no confidences, only questions like complaints. My devotion to repetition, precision creases, Roy G. Biv organization, all underground, unnoticed. My order private. Don't ask me to do yours. Very nice. That's for the poet. Love it. So I hate to ask, but I'm going to. What was, aside from clearly, I mean, I have too much laundry, Mm -hmm. but what was kind of like the inspiration? Were you at the laundromat when you kind of thought like, I'm going to write a poem about this or where were you? Well, Epic Laundry is always like the text that I send every month to my friend, Mandela, who's like my bestie and the one I would turn to in crises often. And... It's like the laundry is so epic this month. <laughs> epic. Oh, oh my God. It's like I had to drag two piles of, you know, whatever. We're just always like upping the it's ante the on that. Yeah. And I like, we like Minutia. Like we're into Minutia, and Minutia is like a lot of what I write about because I think there's a lot in Minutia. And it is labor. It's like slavery. It's a lot. And, um, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> um, I, it's it's like it's it's meditation too. I kind of right. yeah. honestly, I secretly love doing laundry, but like I'm not. I don't want you. to, I want to do anybody's laundry, but it's like it's where I think and where and even yeah. like I'm hectic. Kind of therapeutic. Yeah, and I think I swear I think maybe that if I were rich, I would probably still do laundry. But I don't. Maybe I'm lying though. <laughs> <laughs> I could be lying, but there's something meditational, and I'm interested in that too. Like where you think, and like even when you're busy as hell in the middle of 500 papers and all that stuff like it's just a place to think and and organize and get your shit together and have underwear again and you know like be (laughs) be renewed you know and it's always like that's who's who's in the laundry but like Latino indigenous like indigenous people it's always like super small people from Mexico and New York or Guatemala like just like oh that's who like and a lot of people do really confuse me for that. I'm not like super small and mm-hmm. I'm like kind of pale, but they still. But I look wrecked and like yeah. you know, like like labor, like I'm laboring. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So I have, have had that happen. Also, but I'm into it. The truth is, people are like, oh, you know what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do my? No, no, I'm not. Right. So it's a little bit discrimination, but a little bit they observe that I know. So what it's I'm interesting, doing. like when you were saying just about like you know you don't want to do anybody else's. Like I actually. Like that last line there made me think of like a partner's laundry. Like I ain't trying to do no, also no that. Part. Okay, so and like maybe my, I'm reading too much into that. My first, no, that. this is true. Also <laughs> that my first book is one bedroom solo, and my themes often are the same, my singlehood, yeah, and my continued singlehood, my ongoing singlehood. <laughs> like it doesn't seem to, it's not going to end, and I kind of <laughs> seem, it kind of seems like I don't want that to end too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, people sometimes are like, oh, pobrecita, no tienes nadie, whatever. You're like all alone in the world. And and then not and but also they're like damn you're all alone in the world that's you get to chill on your you get I to see chill. your Instagram I'm like I want that you, you have a nice life like you know life <laughs> people they're definitely you know women be like sometimes you know they try yeah. to make it out to be like it's the worst thing right. ever but then they're all secretly like damn you know they I do feel I that. wish I could do yeah, yeah yeah right I feel that and I'm like sometimes I'm like. Let me enjoy this for the people who do not enjoy this. <laughs> or for the people who don't get this, you know? Yeah. You live vicariously for... Yeah, for yeah, for yeah. all of those, you know, right? I try not to be a pathetic single person, although I am often, but not... But then I have a... I also am very lucky I live in a one-bedroom in New York. I'm like a queen. That's right. almost non-existent. Like, mm-hmm. I have a rent-stabilized place. 
Oh no! And that's a real like it, it's my deep riches, and people don't come kill me for my apartment. I know that people kill for apartments and all that, but yeah, the solo life is a thing <laughs> that I think about, you know. And it's a writer's life too. It's a, a so, like how do you like survival is also how do you survive that much solitude? Like yeah, right. you know, it's. I mean, I see people all the time. New York is filled with people. I see my students, but you know, whatever. They're my students. They drive me crazy. Like. There's a lot of times I go, you know, weeks, two weeks, several weeks without seeing someone I really know or love right. or all of that, you know, like, so yeah, it's, you know, a lot of, but that's, you know, that's a writer's life too, right. you know. Right. Well, that leads me to my, my, my original question was going to be how in those times and in those spaces mm-hmm. as you're working, as you're working, uh, how do you build community in between those times that, that, you know, even though there is a solitary Mm-hmm. aspect of what you're working on. How do you build community for survival? Because, like- yeah, we were at the workshop this morning. She, she held a <laughs> workshop at U of H and you talked about you're like addicted, I guess, for lack of a better words, like collectives and groups sure, and organizations. Sure. How like, do those come about? Yeah. Like how does how does that register? Was it is it something intrinsic? Is it something that you like set out to do? Like is it a I want to make sure that I connect with so-and-so at some point? Or yeah. Does it just happen organically? Like what does that look like? It's a lot more organic. It's like you know, I think I was, I'm always been somewhat of a social person forever and ever. Like I'm a little, like my father was like that. Like he was a partier and he just went out and he knew people. And my mom was more isolated and, yeah. and I'm just still that person. I'm like, I, I mean, I don't party nearly as much as I used to. Parties were a big part of things. Like, right. and honestly, I, I, I admire the party as a, as a collective space. Like not even just yeah. cause is cause the party, you know, excellent, but also cause I really like. Like it's a different world, and I met a lot of people actually just sort of partying in New York. And there's like some of my great collaborations still have to do with that. And that was like this guy hanging with Gabriel Garcia Roman, who I've done work with. Like he was famous for this, but that was like actually it was almost like a party collective actually that he That's had dope. called Club Kitchen. Nice. And no. and it like was it would lived about five years this party at his house in in Harlem. And he's Mexican from Chicago, so he was all about like club music like house music and just branched out into a million things and knew a bunch of DJs in New York That's and it's such a it was such a perfect part I miss that party so much because it was uptown and it was familiar and people brought food and it was all artists people who came and and it just it was like debauched and brilliant and it was I just like that kind of thing and right, that's right. to me community right so um yeah, I yeah, maybe having been this like sort of scholarship kid and always having to get connected to programs made me this person who knows a little bit about how to reach out to programs like right. Candomundo, like Oliver was yeah, that program that I mentioned today which yeah. is a like for black and Latino kids who went to private schools in New York, it's still around. Um, there's a few like it called Prep Prep and maybe ABC, I don't know. Um it might not be around anymore, but anyway, I learned early that you like you're a kid from the hood and you you can connect your you can get connected to things and i was you know i performed well so i could get connected to things so like figuring out the in track once you got you kind of have it on your radar you kind of know how to be yeah to- but then you know it is a little weird sometimes it's like how many programs do I, do I you know and how, do they all work i don't know if they're, they're not really working yeah. you know um, so that, that helped me, you know, but at least I knew that I could turn to different places. Also, like I say, being Honduran and like from um, like a really teeny world of people, like my only world is really my family. I didn't know a lot of other Hondurans. So I, I did reach out. I was just like, I can't, these can't be the only people I know. They drive me crazy. I don't, you know, I just don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so and that, that's our, that's another question. Um, Similarly, like I, one of the things that that I've always, even when we were doing my second time at Canto Mundo, I think was the first. Yeah, year. I think my first was your second. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and so like breath of fresh air, like having you in space <laughs> and and can we pause for a moment all- and just clarify what Canto Mundo is for those listeners who don't know? Oh, uh, so Canto, actually, I didn't even duh. So yeah. like <laughs> yeah. sitting at the table currently, uh, we have. Uh, three different cohorts of Canto Mundistas. Canto Mundo is a Latino writing-based poetry retreat slash fellowship slash workshop uh, workshop Mm -hmm. slash generative uh, amazing four-day opportunity uh, 
that's both selective and unique, um, bringing all different kinds and styles of Latinx poetry from across the U.S. Um, yes. And so we, we would meet, we meet together for about what, four days mm-hmm. four used days. to be hosted at UT Austin, and uh, recently moved over to Columbia mm-hmm, university mm-hmm. for a couple of years now. And so um, I am, I, the, just like uh, Kundiman and Canto Mundo for, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, it is three times you get to attend, uh, this series of fellowships, workshops, retreat setting, um, with, uh, within a five-year period, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I am at the tail end. I get, I get one more time. <clears throat> graduate. I started last year, mm-hmm. and, and I'm Sheila at the I, yeah. And I, well, I I was vis- yeah, I was there right. And then I'm, my last time is next year. I'm going to go next year. Okay, so we mm-hmm. get to we'll finish together. He's trying to not let me go because he wants to have his own special year where I'm not there. We'll see how it goes. Because I know everyone's going to want to see the baby, so I'm going to like have to kind of go anyway. You can go with the baby, but Just- I want to. <laughs> Do you would end up like so anyway? So back to the question. So Canto Mundo is another one of the collective groups that we are a part of. I forgot. Oh, that was my question. Okay. So uh in first when we first met and and you know, like as we got to know each other, um, what rang for me was like, wait a minute, Hondureña in New York, like that's Weird. as much of an oddity as a Dominicana in Houston. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I've always wondered like how how does that not feel like I, I yeah. having being witness to what Jasmine's experience like is here in Houston and how she builds and serves as both like poster child slash teacher. How do you see that work or that necessity for yourself coming out of New York and being Central American and the voice of an Hondureña writer? Uh, you know, doing all that heavy lifting. What does that look like for you? Um, it's a lot of pressure. I don't <laughs> like having to represent a whole thing, right. you know, because <laughs> I really am not a good representative of that thing because right. I was born in New York. And I get into it a little more in that class today, but um, I definitely was like Grindia, like I said. I was yeah. like Gringa India. My That's my father you know, he, that was a loving term, right, right. <laughs> you know, what I really got was I was American and Kinga and then also, I mean, I was like, people thought I was visibly Hispanic and think it was Puerto Rican. And it's like, you just are a, a observer and outsider always. And so mm-hmm. you can see how other people behave and think when they think you are whatever they think you are. Right. And, or if they don't even see you, like they might not even see you really, right. you know? And so, but you're always an observer. And I, but again, you know, a great place to be for a writer, to be outside of things and to be an observer, right? Right. And so that, like, yeah, it varied. Like I, I was talking about what pride is a little bit today and that was, pride was hard for me because I, I didn't know a lot. And what I learned about Honduras wasn't always great. And, um... You know, it was just difficult. Like, um, and my family's not especially proud in the way that Puerto Ricans are proud, let's say, you right. know, which was like the major group that I had growing up, like that I knew of Latinos growing up. And I think that's what you what happens. Like you become the Latino you're closest to yeah. if you're in this no, group. No, it's true. Or you're, it's you know, true. You're, they're teaching you how to be in the U.S. Like, right. yeah. you know, those major groups in those major places, like they're, they're, they're the ones who've got to go through the language discrimination, the race, whatever, mm-hmm. all the, so they, they know the ropes. Like, you know, like I know a couple of Hondurans who marry Puerto Ricans or marry, you know, like to get papers and stuff like that. Like, in New, yeah, York, yeah, yeah. like in New York. Right. Um, so I think that's what she did. What I did. I'd like watch those groups or watch everyone. Truthfully, just it wouldn't just be Latinos who, you know, I grew up black and Puerto Rican in Coney Island, which was a hood like any other hood, except it was by the beach and it was lovely in that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's like, yeah. It, it's, yeah. and um, it, it, people forget that it's a neighborhood besides being the rides and the beach and all that. And um, and it was super like New York. New York is always this like polyglot, multicultural thing. And so in some ways it was easy to to blend in to or whatever with whatever mm-hmm. someone thought. And 
if yeah, I'll be honest, I thought you were Puerto Rican at first. Yeah, because you right. hung out with and all also those and New Yorkers, and, and New Yorkers, right? right. And so I was like, oh, yeah. I just assumed she was Puerto Rican. Yeah, and then yeah. I found out you were Honduran. I was like, oh, <laughs> and yeah. like the like I said, the only Hondurans I knew were my family, and then my father would go to watch some soccer games, and mm. that those guys and like <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. there were some other children. I didn't know them that well. Um, I think we were all just like, we don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, yeah. And, you know, and I think if you're close to the, and close to the family, yes, you'll mimic whatever they're doing. But I wasn't always close. I was like very, um, I mean, I'm close to my, I mean, I was there and like, I would, like I was a big you know, daddy's girl, mama's girl, all the things. But at the same time. On your own, to broke. Be independent. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like and w- had my disagreements with them. They were super conservative people, and I, um, I mean, I felt like they were from the 1800s. Honestly, like yeah, I did too. <laughs> with my parents. It was like a lot, and I'm from 1970s, 80s New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the most progressive. I was like, why'd you come to Brooklyn? <laughs> why? <laughs> because y'all don't know what's going. On. Like you don't know nothing about it. Like your fashion is good. I'm glad that you kept up there. Right. But your ideas. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, New York keeps it nice and shallow, and that's great. New York is like fashion. You could get that together, but ideas not always. Yeah, New York has definitely got its separations. For for all my little oh, New York multicultural wonderful. But I wonder if like all first because you, know. you were born here. Yes, right? I was yeah, born I, here. Okay, yeah. I wonder if all first generation like you know people of of, of immigrant parents kind of feel that way because your parents are still trying to like retain that culture and those values bring it here yeah not have you completely become this like american like spoiled child i think some people are in line with their family more than those you know some people and then some some, i was not (laughs) some things break some things you know and it's just I don't know what that takes or how you get awareness and mm-hmm. or how that changes or how you become a terrible disappointment to your family. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well, yeah. so I think interestingly, like I think for myself too, the the I had and I can say luxury privilege, uh, because being here in the Gulf Coast. The oddity for me was like we were talking earlier. So like the number of um, Mexicanos that go to New York, they're like from all from Puebla. Yeah. And so here in this region in Texas, everybody is from northern Mexico. But like my family is much West Coast Mexico. They're all Jalisco. All my gente, if they were coming to the States, all are in Cali. So right. like. Oh, they growing, keep it west. They oh. keep it west. They they just oh, look at come that. up to Tijuana and they're there. Mm-hmm. But so like the oddity of my dad choosing to come to Texas, like he yeah. wanted to have nothing. Yeah, like why did he do that? Like and, I asked my father, why did, <laughs> why you, did you? Why did you? I, mean, I asked I, him before. I was like, why did you do? Like everybody's in Cali. Yeah. He was like, I just didn't want to be around all of them. I was mm. like, oh, smart. So, but then that affects you, right? Yeah. That yeah. affects how you think. And of then, that. then, so yeah. it's like I look at well, it and I'm like, yeah. I'm I mean, highly I independent about stuff. And yeah, so and I for me, like the only a lot of folks around here, the only entertaining they do have of like Dominicans is like Washington Heights in New York. Yeah. And I'm not that quote unquote type Heights of Dominican. Extra it's Dominican. super it's extra. Super. And I know nothing about that life. But my parents actually migrated, immigrated to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they left was because my dad couldn't find a decent job. So mm-hmm. he joined the army. Mm-hmm. So we ended up moving around everywhere. Where in Brooklyn were they? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't born yet. Said, I, I don't know. know. No, because there's, I mean, yeah, Dominicans yeah. in Williamsburg is a big thing. And that's like my friend and Nelly, who's, was, who also doesn't identify with the Washington. She's from New York, but yeah. doesn't identify with Washington uh, Heights Dominican either. Because okay. yeah. she's Williamsburg Dominican. That's a different, different thing. Different thing. Okay. Right. It's, it's and I don't Washington know. Heights Dominican. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. No, I was like, it's just bachata, 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 bachata. It's wow. But full throttle. Yeah. All the time. Even in the winter. Through rainstorms, through snowstorms. And I don't know that life. Like, I'm very much more like, me and my sister both like are much more like subdued and quiet. Yes. And like, we read books. We read books. Oh my God. No, I'm not saying read books. That's wrong. That's wrong. You said it. We didn't say that. That's my people. But it's and it's but like thinking through like like how that exists. Like I I was able to travel back and forth from the states to Mexico and and was able to consider like the luxury, like the coolness of being able to go up into the mountains Mm. to see family Mm -hmm. and then come all the way back down to 
the beaches of the Gulf Coast. Mind you, they're not the greatest beaches. Anybody that wants to talk shit, mm. I'm out <laughs> fist fight you on the beach. I'm from Coney go. Island, ho. So like yeah, Coney right? Island is cracky and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and like condoms. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. People like to be like, that's nasty. And I'm like, that's my beach. That's my beach. Stop talking about my beach. Same. Do you have a beach? Same. Do you have a beach? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have cracking condoms? Miami, y'all got the seaweed too, so hush up. <laughs> Exactly. But it's like it's so in like in, in understanding that like I was always able to like I knew the fine line of like what I need to do to get home to mm-hmm. see my version of what Mexico looked like because mm-hmm. I never see that on TV. Yes, like, right. I never see the right. selva. I never see the, yes. the. I see like you know what is that? Once upon a time in Mexico, like it's a dirt mm-hmm. road and one oh my god and a mariachi. I don't see like I have to like now current which is real and true but whatever there's 500 other things there's so right. new and hello New York like everything there's I will show you the drag spots right. I will show you yeah. all the things like yeah. they all exist in all the places and you know so like some of that like does as you were growing up were there like marker points at which like you were like this is the part like line I can find to reach a piece of something that was cultural or did did that like only exist within like the family itself and then those things like how did I get into any Honduran culture Um, was it easy was it hard no it was always hard they always make fun of me because I was American and I my Spanish was jacked and all that and so I was like okay so your English is jacked and uh, y'all try to speak try to speak like they would make fun of my Spanish I'll make fun of their English Ah. and you know it was tough for the longest Um, finally my brother was like you need to spend um, and in uh, Honduras. I mean, especially it was linked to like going to Honduras and seeing what that was like. And anytime I went, horrifying. Like when I was little, like horrifying. Like apparently, I almost died of dysentery the first time I oh, went. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, and my mother and they were like weak American baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> they were like. Oh. You know, they can't even handle the it. Yeah, exactly. I'm Because it was shacks. We would go like to yeah. vacation yeah. and shacks and shit. I was yeah. like, that's not, that's not, we shouldn't be there. <laughs> I was bad. So I was like, that. I was a real, like, I was a little bit like, ah. Oh. A lot, you know, and they didn't have ketchup, like (laughs) (laughs) bacon, like, you know, it was like, things like I would be like, you know, it's demanding ketchup and bacon. Like I was that person, (laughs) you know, I was just the American. I was like the ugly American child a little bit, but they were annoying too. They were totally mocking me all the time and this is whatever they deserve it. And then finally my brother was like, that's because you stay with your mama's side of the family. Cause we had different fathers and he, he came when he was 10 and so he remember, and he was kind of like middle class. He grew up with like his father's side of the family that was in like a suburban kind of situation in Honduras. And it was like it was a little bit like 50s America, but Spanish or some shit. Yeah. Like and, and everyone was named like 50s American names. Like my brother's name is Waldo. Waldo. Oh wow. <laughs> there was Wilbur's. Right. There like Wilbur. There's no W in Spanish. No, there isn't. Yeah, it was yeah. some American shit. Like right. they, you know, like they were watching like, you know, Leave It to Beaver, whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah, yeah. And like they named their children after shit like that. And like he would spell like they would the teacher would spell his name Ualdo, like U-A-L-D-O, but it was with a W. Right. <laughs> and um so he was like, I was from perfection and I he was, you know, he was, his tragedy was leaving Honduras and that he, you know, lived a great life and he did not want to come here. And he got a, a four-year-old sister or like on top of who was a brat, an American brat. But anyway, we got along sometimes as we've had some bad, anyway, it's terrible. Right. But he was the one to convince me to go to Honduras for a summer uh, when I was like 15 for like a month and a half. And that was super formative and amazing. And I did get to see like his side of the family. I mean, yes, there wasn't shacks. It was a little bit better. Like, you know, there was houses and, you know, it was, um, I'm, he had like cousins, these girl cousins who were awesome. And like, I just was there longer and I got to speak Spanish with like peers and, uh, like I learned the pop songs, and yeah. you know, I just lived you the life. Yes. You were there living. I, yeah, and I then like 
like Chayanne and Luis Miguel had songs out at the same time and they were like competing. This like I've been thinking about this a lot lately, how much that it was important to me that I've learned Spanish this way with right. songs. And then um I went to Copan. I went to like the Maya ruins, and that's where some of the Maya stuff that I'm into came from. Like when I saw that, I was like, wait the fuck, wait a fucking minute. Yeah. <laughs> like this, I have Egypt is here. <laughs> like I was right. just like, yeah. how come nobody told me right, about right, right, right. this? I was like mm-hmm. mind blown. I was just like, I could be there forever. I just was like, that is, I was just transported. And Koban wasn't even hooked up yet, quite yet. Like there was, you know, like now I know a lot about it because I'm into it. And like, like Harvard went and like did all this work there. I mean, I get mad at those institutions, but man, they did an amazing job in Koban. When we went, it wasn't, it was still like vines and all this stuff and just really raw still. And like, no tour guides or anything, and we actually like went in temples and stuff, and like oh, wow. walked oh, wow. in tunnels. These teeny tunnels, teeny tunnel, because you know teeny yeah, guys are yeah. teeny. Yeah, teeny. Like teeny like the laundry ladies, like that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we were in there, and we walked, and we were like la la la, and then my brother's in front, and like some like like piece of stone all of a sudden he almost hits his head on a piece like the all of a sudden it drops like the stone drops like here and we can't move and he's like okay i'm gonna see if i can get past this and he tried to duck under but he puts a foot in there and there's a hole there it was straight like indiana jones shit. we were about to fall in some fucking <laughs> hole and he was like wait a minute there's nothing there and we just we just turned around turn and we're running back yeah <laughs> you know like shit like that i was like that's awesome awesome, awesome. you know like i was just like this is what it is about like I was like how come nobody told me and so that when I was like oh this is like the mysteries they're they're all around that all the time it's not even a thing to them you know like that shit is gringo gringo's like that shit but like you know and it makes what all their weirdness is a little bit comprehensible like they're really like it's it's Hot as fuck. Like, I mean, yes, uh, Texas is hot. I mean, and I think it's dry and deserty. Like, that's like some lush rainforest shit. And like, it's I call denser. it, Jur- it's like Jurassic Park. I call it Jurassic Park. I always think like dinosaurs are going to come out. They shoot Jurassic Park in Costa Rica. So like, yeah. it's that kind of shit. Yeah, like heavy I'm ones. sure there's dinosaurs. I'm really sure. And then like, it's that kind of thing. Like they're. Like, all that unexplained stuff is real there. <laughs> it felt so real there. And that's why it's attractive to so many people. Like, people do. Like, Americans love that shit. Like, you know, they're, they're the ones exploring it. Americans know that more than I do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you, yeah. on that level, I was into it. So, For you real. mentioned that, yeah, about the about the Mayan. I know that that's something that's coming up in, what, book two, book three? Three, book three. yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, so can three. you talk a little bit about that, like, transition from, like, what's your first book was or is to like now where you are and you're writing and is basically a on. mess versus trying to clean up a mess basically like the first two books are just a hodgepodge of shit like yeah. i don't have sections or themes or nothing gotcha. it's just like solo me here's some poems <laughs> yeah, yeah. poems is one about laundry is one about you know uh spa castle is one about like just random places and things yeah. and I don't know, like I did, like someone was talking about this in the lunch yesterday, like what happened to sectionless books, <laughs> like, yeah, or yeah. shit like all the old fashioned book, like Howl and other poems, like, right. yeah, or shit yeah. like that, like why all the themes and all the partitioning and, and I don't understand. I tried to make my first book sections and people was like, nah, that, that's not, that doesn't fit that. <laughs> Just leave it alone. Just take out the sections. Oh, now I feel bad about my first fucking book. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and so I was like, oh, good. I'm going to leave it a mess. And um, and this the Maya one is a little more organized around one theme, which is the Maya, but it's more, it's going to be more family shit. And it's going to be something like that, like the discovery of what that is. And, you know, hopefully it'll be, yes, the straight, like, beautifulness of that imagery and like why it's it's so seductive Mm. but it's also like about someone who needs connection right who wants a connection may not feel like a connection with the present because the present is so hard but the past is like beautiful it was probably extra hard it's probably worse than now because the mayas was cruel and crazy and bananas but they were brilliant and like left some things that are unbelievable 
But still, it's interesting to be seduced by that because that is a Maya were empire too. And if you think about them, like they crushed a lot of other people, and I really shouldn't be celebrating them <laughs> in some ways. But man, the art is hot, and that's like, there you go. Well, there's that's that. sort of like America, honestly. I think right. about it that way. That's right. how the U.S. is. Like, so it's that. Like, how like playing with that obsession, and they're like visually cool, and I want to play with visual things and. Nice. And it just takes me many ways. And I, I it's still going to be a mess, but it'll be under the general idea of Maya. Oh Instead of the whole house, it's one room. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. That's dope. So do you have one more piece? I know you've been oh, talking yes. about Star Wars. We'd love to hear one yes, more piece I know. from I've been you. Yapping. It's all good. That's awesome, Green though. Tea. We love it. That's great. Okay, good. Um, I'll read Temporary Statement. Temporary Statement. I am not poignant. I am losing nuance. I beat you over the head. I am cliche. I am a caveman, cave woman, a cave. I am not genteel or radical. I am pissed. I am not always specific. I am beat. I am losing steam. I leave image with image and word with word. I take too many pictures. I am literal as fuck. I bully my way through a text, barrel my way through. That Neanderthal thing again. I resist understanding. I understand because I resist. I've forgotten how to break a line. The line breaks me. I use I too much. I do get that the I on the page is still not me. I do get that. I don't know if you get that. I don't know who I am in this time. I have lost a great love. I am suffering through a terrible leader. I don't know where to turn or who to be. I'm looking for my days to reacquire some rhythm. I can't be kind in the morning. I can't be kind. I am mourning. I miss touch. I miss conversations I had in the past. I miss the conversation I had with my past. It is leaving me. I don't mind erasing. I want to know who to address, though. Oh. I read it last night and I loved it then and I love it even more now. Those lines break me. Those I are know. Awesome. That was you, I was doing the 30 day with like the ladies from Candomundo up yeah. in New York oh, yeah. and and uh they were awesome. Like they were they were they're just whoa. That's like Yesenia, Montilla, yeah. Yeah, and Denise yeah, yeah. Roman. And they're all about it. Christina Olivares and Karina del Valle oh, and Are you doing it this Diana year? Marie Delgado and Denise. Yeah, I said them all. I think I said them all. Uh, no, I don't know if I am because I'm beat. Yeah. April is killer. <laughs> it's like the yeah. worst teaching month. It's right. so hard to do, but and so to even to manage to do it is like yeah. Wow, you know, thirty poems, thirty days. It sucks that yeah, it sucks. I mean, I can do do crank it out. It's interesting. I mean, I I'm a terrible time manager, so it's it is a, like it does help. Senya says she does it every every like, every year or something. I, I don't know how she does cranking it. cranking it out. Yeah, yeah, people do it. I mean, yeah, I journal right. I don't know if I crank it out like that, but. Yeah, I don't no, crank no, it out, like out that. real good. <laughs> so you've been listening to Inkwell. Uh, with us is Sheila Maldonado. And that, that's been the part of the interview. That's the awesome part. We'll be back for our lightning round. Hope sure. you enjoy the, the oh, stuff. I had to say Peggy Robles Alvarado. I had to say Peggy Robles Alvarado. Shout oh, out Peggy. to Peggy. Shout out mm-hmm. to Peggy. Shout out to all the Cantamundo fam. Yeah, really. Uh, we're representing as best possible in the H. So y'all better be listening. Y'all this. better be listening. That's all I'm saying. Kinda, please. Okay, great. (laughs) We'll be back with this other little thing we're going to do. And hopefully at this point, Josh has done that cool thing. Can you do a full like lightning bolt? Why are you? Maybe if you would listen to the podcast, you would know what he's doing. (laughs) I really feel like. I Sorry, wanna, I won't attack you anymore. I want to push you it down. No, and, you uh, can't do that. I'm carrying your child. Oh, my God. Oh, damn. <laughs> Technicalities. Wow, that's good. That's right. That's, that's, that's always good. comes up. Mika, if point. you ever hear these recordings. She won't, she won't be old enough for about another 18 years. So. Oh, 18 years? She's not going to listen to these until she's well, 18? Like oh, she's going to think we're boring. And up and, she's going to find it at <laughs> seven. She that will. Like, she, she will Google our names. These kids are moving fast, man. The internet is like. They're moving way too She's fast. She's going to think we're boring. Probably. That's okay. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> but then she might do this. And so, she you might, know. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. So, pew, pew, pew. Lightning round questions. Okay. All right. So, here goes. Here are the rules. Here are the important things that you need to know. These are the hard questions 
about life. Okay. Yes. This is everybody always mm-hmm. does this. this is the they like of the conversation. They like yes. They they fast forward through the entire mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. and they get to the lightning round questions. This makes or breaks careers. Yes. This is like, this is what MFA and PhD (laughs) students listen for. If we have any MFA or PhD students listening, this is what high school kids listen to. Uh, This is what teachers that are Uh looking for professional development hours refer to. These are these questions. All right, we ready? 60 seconds per question Uh to answer each question. 60 seconds. Wow. First first answer that comes to your mind. First answer that comes to your mind. Okay. Damn. Okay. Everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. Question number one: Which celebrity life uh, has you all up in there? Cardi. 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 That's Cardi. She Cardi. Cardi. Some facts about Cardi, Cardi B. B last night. Uh, two facts. Um, she's saying she's not pregnant, but I think she's pregnant. That's one. Um, uh, and her album coming out. I'm promoting for her. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Her album is out next week. What is her real name? I forgot what her real. Her name is Belgalis Almanzar. And her Cardi is from Bacardi. Because her oh. sister's Hennessy, I don't know, something like that. Oh, I get it. Okay, yeah, two. But then Bacardi's gonna anyway. Then we're okay. <laughs> We've talked a little bit this weekend about hashtag shallow. So, what is your guilty pleasure? What is your shallow thing? I'm just the internet. I'm a social media hoe. So that is, I'm all. I wake up in the morning. That's my breakfast. I'm scrolling. <laughs> which which nice. uh, Instagrizzle Instagrams. Yes, I'm on the Instagrams all the time. All the time. All the time, yeah. And if I, if you look in that for me through Instagram, I'm gonna lie like I'm not there, but I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, question number three: uh, favorite drink while you're writing? Mm, water or tea? Green tea? Water? Green tea? Oh, oh, I, oh you think liquor. I hit it? I think like you're hitting up something. <laughs> no, I, I, I. That's when I'm like dancing, and then okay, when you're out yeah. dancing and stuff. Yeah. Well, fiesta. What is it? Corona is always a fine dancing beer because it's like water. Okay. I feel. Got it. Stellas are lovely. I'm not a hard liquor person. Got I'll it. do a tequila occasionally, but yeah, no. When I write, yeah, no. When I write, I like just. I sit in the park and I write in my journal or I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sober. Okay. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> so if you could build a new collective or organization, oh, what would it be its name and its mission? That's hard. Your dream collective. I have 500 collectives. <laughs> 55 seconds. Okay. The last great one that didn't happen was the bike collective, the Uptown Bike Collective. What were we called? It was a gay Uptown Pothead Bike Collective. <laughs> That's <laughs> and it was called oh, it was called Alto Iris because Alto El Alto Manhattan is up uptown Manhattan Washington Heights and it was for Alto Iris the gays did this they did that and they have gays and Alto Iris <laughs> they wanted to make a rainbow uptown rainbow oh. but then oh. but Alto oh. like high right. and I they like were the smoking out I'm so but that of course it didn't hold that clearly because they were high. high. Everybody, also, you got to show up to rate, like things like like these tours, these bike tours, and yeah, and everybody were, had my high the night before, whatever. Uh, so so like, everybody going, going, and they wanted to do the bike tours, but they're too early. We would do bike tours that were later in the day, that and then that we could stop to take pictures and eat, be cute, and Italo. selfie. Italo. Yeah, right. So that would Alto Iris was it, but it didn't happen. Oh, okay, mm. I like that's. Interesting. That's dope. Not what I expected at all. Uh, what is your wish for Honduras? Oh, I do want it to be like peaceful and like a place I could visit and not be scared of. I do like in my lifetime. That would be nice. Like it really, I was like, do I really want good things? Yes, because I want to go to Jurassic Park and I want to go to Copa. I want to go see these crazy like... His, like it's so like a hidden history and it's so beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I just wish it were cool and like mellow enough to be visible, you know? And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it is awesome. I'm so glad that I, in my old age, I finally come to understand like how awesome it really is, you know? But damn, it's still doing crazy things. It's, I don't, I can't explain it anymore. You know, I just need to. Write it out the way my family wrote it out, but I want it to be free. <laughs> I do. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so if you didn't live in New York, where else would you live? That's hard. 
But I want heat more And I do like I've been liking Texas I can't lie I've visited Texas a lot I'm like seven times That's a lot I like Brownsville I remember I like Brownsville a lot Because it was near water Galveston's near water I like like the water Okay So something watery That's hard in the, in the United States, I have, I mean, Texas is on my mind, so that's I think about Texas, but <gasps> but it's hard. It's far. well, you could come, yeah. you could come spend like your winters in Texas. Once right, we, I once heard that. I, life, right? I need to be and some snowbirdy can, type yes. situation, you know, because I, I love New York, but New York is a wreck too. New York is evil. Like shit is evil. <laughs> what's going on there? Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, it's bad. It's hard to hold on. My family's not really hold, held on anymore, so. Ah, oh, it is. I've been thinking about where to go. I don't know where to go. And I like Canada, just too cold. It is right. too cold. I like Vancouver a lot. I love Montreal. You've been to Toronto. I love Toronto. Oh, I haven't. I know. I heard. Yeah, I heard Toronto's about Toronto. Amazing. Yeah, and I the have. art scene in Toronto is great. The farthest north I think I've ever been outside Syracuse was Francovia for Frost Place, but that's that's up state that's New up, York, like up. Yeah, yeah, right. That shit is cold. Like, if it's really like way upstate New York, it's like, like in the winter, it's like thirty below, like lakes, lakes, ice over type Can't. thing. I don't know how people. It's want. like, like The Shining type shit. You oh, know, hell no. <laughs> no. In that case, mm-hmm. um, favorite tool to write with. Pen. I do do notes on my phone a lot nowadays. I can't lie. Like the notes on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but pen, pen, journal. Like, like in a week, how many times do you think you write notes on your phone? Oh, twice, three times, ten. Easily ten. Cool. Yeah. Last collection you read? Oh damn! Oh, I was looking at Vanessa's Beast Meridian. Nice. Yeah. Dope yeah. Ass. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Um. What's your favorite family slash Honduran like custom tradition thing, tradition thing that you do? do? Since now we're talking about like Easter and stuff. Oh, um, well, tamales probably. My mom makes the dopeness of tamales like that are big and fat, and they look they're a little almost like they do feel like Caribbean pasteles a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're like huge, but they're masa, and she she just hooks it all. It's just like it's got pork and chickpeas and raisins and rice and potatoes and like all this chicharos, like all this stuff. <gasps> she just does it, and I I put it on her on my Instagram of like her doing it. It's a, it's a up. it's a not I call them Vilmales because she's Vilma. <laughs> 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 nice. She won't sell them because it's labor and you know. But I was like, you can make bank, we can make bank. But it's it is labor, you know. Yeah. You need a whole squad of viejas like doing it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, one day I'll be this, but I need like an arm. You need an arm yeah. To, yeah. for the masa. And do the whole room. Yeah, you need a big arm. That's gonna, That's the next collective then. What? Yes, masa, the, the, the masa collective. Yeah, the filmales collective. Yeah. Idea here first. Inkwell will regenerate new collective ideas. Uh, last what question. is one major element that always pops up in your writing? Some An obsession. Ah, seconds. Water, um, like little shit, like always, like minutia. I like a laundry cart, or a, you know, but water comes up. Water bottles actually come up. It's weird, but I, I don't know. This is weird. Water shit. I'll just say water because I'm a Pisces. I can't think of other things. Something like that. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Sheila Maldonado on Inkwell. And yo, that was a great interview. That was fun. So where can we uh, learn more about you, Sheila? Oh, yeah. SheilaMaldonado.com. I need to update that website a little bit. It like stopped. It's like 2015. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I just, I got real busy. In yeah. this. But there's an active email or social media on um, there? Uh, the email, not so, uh, I guess I could, my email is fine. Like, uh, yeah, let's say it. S-H-E-L-A-M-A-L at Gmail is my email. Got it. And social media, yeah, Instagram, I'm there. It's open. My Facebook is not open. Twitter's open. And, and it's all Sheila Mal. It's S H E L A M A L. I take out the I because I think it's easier for, but no, it always confuses people. But <laughs> got it. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, for folks that are listening, we hope you like this podcast. Thank you. And uh, tune in next time for our next interview. So, Sheila, we love 
interviewing you. Oh this my God, it was fun. awesome and excellent. Thank you guys. Yay. It's been Houston's been magical. You guys, because of you guys, because of the Brown Loves. Like I have family. Like I'm just like wow. I just I can't even believe how anytime serendipitous. Yay. Thank you. And uh, we will. We don't catch talk you to next you. time. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh, for recording all this Thank stuff. Thank you. Uh, and so for those of you that don't know, Inkwell is a joint collaborative effort between uh, Imprint Houston, uh, who brings you all the best writers uh, that are being nationally uh, talked about. And, and internationally. And internationally talked about. Uh, and then us at Tintero Projects, um, organizing and bringing you work of up-and-coming Latino, uh, Latinx uh, and Latin American writers, as well as providing spaces for workshops, open mics, uh, and other functions uh, here in the Gulf Coast area. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, or if you're listening to us in traffic, or if you're taking a long trip uh, on a nice romantic date. This probably shouldn't be the podcast you're listening to. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Inkwell, a collaboration between Tintero Projects and Imprint in Houston, Texas, a city with a wellspring of literary activity. Inkwell is hosted by Jasmine and Lupe Mendez of Tintero Projects, produced by Kristen Flack, Rich Levy, and Krupa Parik of Imprint, and recorded, engineered, and edited by Josh Walker with 150 Media House. Inkwell is made possible by a grant from the City of Houston through the Houston Arts Alliance and Imprint's other generous supporters. For more information, visit imprinthouston.org or tinteroprojects.wordpress.com. For feedback on this and future episodes, email inkwell at imprinthouston.org. We also invite listeners near and far to attend our readings and workshops. Until next time, keep reading and keep writing.